the season premiere of Downton Gabby, where we discuss all things Downton Abbey with sassy insights, more booze, and less refinement than anyone else. I'm Brandi Sperry in Los Angeles. I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. And I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. So, this was a very sexy season premiere, guys. It was. I love when Downton Abbey gets sexy. Is Downton Abbey ever sexy? It's... Uh, I feel like one of the only sex scenes we've gotten, you know, where somebody didn't die, was like <laughs> Anna and Bates lying in a candlelit bed. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, no, but Edith and the farmer and the tractor make out. That was hot. That was hot, okay. And, That's and her like, type. Lots of scenes of Mary and Matthew waking up together. Right. Right. But I think that just like the talk about sex in this episode was a little sexier than the actual sex we've seen in other episodes. Oh, it was. It was very, very sexy. In fact, I have a theory that the fire was caused by all the flaming, unrequited, <laughs> unacted upon passions. <laughs> wow. It's just igniting in the air. Yeah. So let's see. Let's 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 talk about the sexiest people of Downton Abbey. <laughs> Ooh. Well, Mosley's got the Latin hair, so obviously he <laughs> has Mosley. won. Obviously he's number one on the sex scale this this episode. Yeah, yeah. Hottest bachelors of Downton Abbey. <laughs> right. Mosley's number so, one. So, I mean, close second, we've got Gillingham. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think the uh, farmer... Firefighter slash surrogate dad is hotter than Lord Gilliam. Okay, I think he is, like, he's so, like, gruff. Like, you know, he would just, like, throw you down, right? But <laughs> I'm not getting a sexy vibe. No, he would totally throw you down and then coach your son's baseball team. It's so hot. Yeah. Um, yes. He, I mean, he is coaching the village stickball team this this season, so. Yeah. So, so you, guys, you, you guys really think that there's some kind of sexual tension between him and Edith? I might just be hoping because uh, Edith yeah. Edith deserves to get some, you know? I think he just kind of feels sorry for her. I'm not really getting that he's attracted. And I think she's too distracted by other things to really, like, notice the hottie in front of her. Who like, is married, of course. But. Like burning down her parents' house. She's right. Crazy. Which so. she can't even do that, right? Poor <laughs> Edith. Poor Edith. Like, that should have been the finale, and that Abby should have, like, actually burned down, and it should have been, like, the end. Yeah, it should have been Edith, like, you've treated me bad for one episode too long. I'm taking y'all down with me. But I do have to say, she keeps cock-blocking Mary. I mean, I kind of feel Mary's angst. It's like, come on. You keep cock-blocking me. Here is this hot man saying, let's just try it out. Super sexy banter. You know some buttons were going to get taken off soon. And then here's Edith burning down the house. You know, it's annoying. Oh, do you think something would have happened that night? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think she would have sat him down and started talking logistics about, like, train schedules and stuff. <laughs> there would have been some heavy petting. <laughs> Maybe discussions of crop rotation. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I am glad that nobody saw him coming out of her room, right? We don't have to deal with that. Thomas saw him going in. Okay, well, Thomas talks about everything. But 
Lord Grantham was distracted by Jimmy and Lady Anstruther, so. All right, so the hot couple number two. Uh, and I use the term hot really loosely here. Right. Hey, duck face. Old duck face. Old Miss Bingley. Um, I actually really like that actress. She's always fun when she pops up and stuff, and I thought it was sort of hilarious. They're dealing with this house guest and like even the servants being like i heard her car didn't really break down yeah yeah and a chancellor she's she's great but i just don't get like they trot her in for one episode uh simply to sniff out jimmy and have her way with him and then get jimmy fired and that's it I mean, how good is, is he it? in bed that she's coming all the way over? I mean, the only thing I can think of is he's the only one that'll go down on her. And so she's like, <laughs> oh. I got to get back over there because no one else is doing it. I've I never thought Jimmy was that hot, frankly, but he clearly has some kind of mad skills that she would traipse across Yorkshire to, you know, push in mm-hmm. on a family dinner and then, yeah. I mean, he's. It would have been great if he stole one of those fireman hats and was wearing one of those in bed because those were awesome. <laughs> really, learning now a lot talking. about Shannon's fantasies. <laughs> yeah, really. Listen, but we're bear- we're bearing the lead here. The hottest couple in Downton are those old ladies gone wild, the Dowager and Isabel. Come on! That was amazing. I mean that exchange that was amazing. where the uh, the dowager gives Isabel the side eye, but you know, you know, she was also talking about sex. I mean, so good. He just wants what all men want. Don't be ridiculous. I was referring to companionship, as I hope you were. Right, and can companionship itself be a euphemism? I mean, come on, dowager. Yeah. Well, I I think the dowager has some hidden skills of her own <laughs> that she keeps under wraps do you think she had more than one lover in her lifetime i just think that every once in a while this little thing kind of sneaks through with the dowager where you're like hmm i wonder what's under those large voluminous flowing purple gowns of hers like she would have been like rose shacked up with a married yeah. man listening to jazz but like oh. her equivalent of that you know yeah, she was probably holding to, hands, you know, listening, listening to, to like a quartet or something. But mm-hmm. you know, but can, but you know, Isabel and, and Lord Merton are so fucking adorable. I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't carved their initials into one of the you know trees in the Downton Forest. It was just so classic. Like I love how she was like oh, no, I'm not interested. And then as soon as the dowager prances Lady Shackleton in, all of a sudden she's like, oh, well, Violet had different plans for Lord Merton today and all jealous. I'm like, the dowager's plan is backfiring perfectly. She wants Lord Merton to marry someone else, but she's only making Isabel admit that she loves him. I feel like I'm watching some kind of like after-school special or something. Yeah, it's you very know, junior with, high. Like, it's so junior high and like the queen bee is trying to control the shy, somewhat nerdy girl, doesn't want her to date the captain of the football team, keeps pushing the computer geek at her. She's like, I'm not interested in anyone, but secretly, you know that she's at home writing her signature, Isabel Lady Merton. 
Wait, wait, when did we get the, when did we get the, um, when did we get the makeover scene? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, so we need, we need the makeover montage. But this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Rose is going to put a fucking sparkly headband on Isabel's head. She's going to walk in and have her pretty in pink moment. It's going to be epic. Yeah. It's going to be great. Oh, do you think she'll remake one of the Dowager's purple dresses into a, a, like a sweetheart neckline prom dress? <laughs> yes. In the fanfic I'm yes. writing right now. <laughs> you write that. Do you think if Isabel and Lord Merton got married, they would have sex? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'd hope so. Yeah. yeah. He's dying for it. Picture. Because, like, wasn't, isn't yeah, the implication is. that he and his wife never even got along? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. He and his wife never got along and probably didn't have any sex after that second son was born. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that he's not going for someone, you know, Rose's age. That he's going for someone in his age bracket. And isn't that refreshing? This is a thing. It is refreshing. It's a thing that this show actually does well. Having dudes be attracted to women for their intellect. Like that's mm-hmm. been. A, and that's been a part of a lot of the storylines that I appreciate. And I. As a side note before we wrap up this particular storyline. You know I've never been a fan of the doctor. But I felt so bad for him. <laughs> it's like the girl he likes likes somebody else. The way the butler's being mean to him. <laughs> he's just like like ducky yes i was like what was his name we've got duck face and we've got ducky <laughs> and ducky yeah well ducky gets his own hot girl at the prom in the end mm-hmm. doesn't he it's kind of stupid but he does is he gonna end up with lady shackleton <laughs> that would be funny if she sort of took him in as a pet and he was like why am i constantly being manipulated by old ladies <laughs> he's not that old in fact, is he? The doctor? I don't know how old he no is. Clue. I have no clue yeah. how old anyone's supposed to be at this point. Like, it's been, what, like 12 years since the show started, but the actors have only aged by five years. It's like... Right. Well, Mosley is 51. Yeah. 52. We know yeah. that. We know that for sure. God, the look on its face. Like, if I was a person who knew how to make a GIF, I would have that GIF for just <laughs> complete indignity at, how could you say such a thing? Oh, I can make a GIF. I'll make a GIF. <laughs> okay, great. I'm sure I can figure it out, but yeah. I'll try and make a GIF. I'll make my intern make a GIF. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why wouldn't Lord Merton and Isabel be getting down? They don't have to worry about pregnancy. I mean, they probably don't even have to worry about STDs. I mean, I don't know, but probably not. I'm sure Isabel it's knows like, get down. some STD they need to worry about that she would give a lecture about. <laughs> beforehand yeah. but why not where's like Therese I did tweet to you of what birth control would Mary and Lord Gillingham use I mean what could be discreet that she could get away with using it well I, yeah I think given the time frame I think she would be using a diaphragm hmm. but I don't know I don't know like the, like how uh, young women of nobility went about procuring diaphragms unless you went to your harley street doctor but anna's probably gonna have to get it for her oh yeah the duties of the ladies maid include getting a diaphragm and inserting she's it. gonna have to do it she can't even put on a necklace how's she gonna put on <laughs> exactly. a diaphragm exactly <laughs> anna i'll need you to come along on my illicit tryst with uh, lord gillingham yeah. 
and have you insert and remove my diaphragm before and after coitus. Poor Anna. How many secrets is she keeping at this point? Like, she knows everybody's business. She's carried a dead body, for Christ's sakes. (laughs) Her hair is full of secrets. It is. It really is. And that's all she's got going on right now, because she and Bates are the most boring people in the world. Well, she's not pregnant, so she doesn't have any worth in this world. I know, and that little sly <sighs> side comment really, like, made me be like, oh, God, we're not going to be in for another, like, what's going on? Why isn't Anna pregnant storyline? And, like, well, I mean, Mary can just take her to that doctor who, like, magically untied her tubes when she was having issues, right? So Right, right. Right, which I, I, and I, and I suppose she could get her diaphragm from him, too, mm-hmm. right? Although she's not married now. See, unmarried ladies could not get birth control. Right. God. It would have been really hard. So happy to live in this day and age. This is why they needed that conversation before the fire to set out the logistics so that Gillingham knows he needs to bring some condoms. That's right. Some lamb's intestines tied at the end with string. Mm. That sounds uncomfortable. The tied at the end with string is the part that goes in? I don't know. Yeah. Some, I don't know what it's, what it's you know, because it's like a tube of lamb intestine. Right. And then right. one end is fastened. I think they, were they making them out of rubber by then? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we're already in 1924. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, the industrial revolution has happened. Come on. Get some latex condoms in here. Let's get some priorities. Also, statistically, post-World War One women, their incidences of unmarried sex rose hugely mm-hmm. after world war one it was a huge jump in uh jump in all that do you think it's because business. do you think it's because they saw so many young men die in world war one so they're like well why get married i don't know if there's another war he might die or it was just like the entire like i would be at that point like i could die at any moment like my city's been ravaged like let's let's get it on while we're still here yeah, that's what I would think. I, I think I'd want to, you know, um, live fast, just just in case. I'm sure there's a there's some sort of 1980s hair band song that would express this perfectly. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, there um, always is for everything. So, moving on to another fabulous couple, Carson and Lord Grantham. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, the devotion with Carson and Lord Grantham is reaching weird levels for me in this episode. You know, when he announced at dinner that um, Lord Grantham was going to be the patron to his group, I thought he was making it up. Oh, me too. I thought too. we were going to have some kind of like like crazy situation comedy thing where he was like, ah, shit, I said that out loud. Now I'm going to have to, you know, make it happen. Yeah. I couldn't believe that it actually was for real. Why would they want anything to do with Lord Grantham? Well, they just gave him the participation ribbon so he would stop, you know, having a tantrum, which he was having. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's so busy with so many committees, you know, his life is just (laughs) one torture after another. What was your tweet, Shannon? It was so good. I was just like, next up on Real Housewives of Yorkshire, Lord Grantham. I want so many committees. <laughs> Stop hounding me. I'm busy. I don't even have time for a real job. I have so many committees. <laughs> you don't even know how I feel. He's working on his workout video. <laughs> he was being a brat in multiple ways because he was also being a brat the way he was like, 
Oh, Cora, you don't need to know what Miss Bunting did that I don't like. But we don't like her. <laughs> if I don't like her, you don't like her. Come the, on. Cora just gives him this look like she's heard that so many times. And she's just like, if there's anything to know, I'm going to know it. Like, you poor men who think the women don't know anything if you don't tell them. He's being really rude to Cora. Like, just ignoring her. Like, shutting her down. I was like, a little distressed by that. Meanwhile, she's handling some business. Like, this was the most assertive Cora has been of like handling everything with Baxter handling everything with Thomas which I didn't like that she rescinded but whatever she was like being queen of the house and I liked seeing that well the thing with Baxter were you guys a little disappointed by this revelation that's taken two seasons to come yeah I mean let's be serious it's really hard to upstage making her slip on soap to have a miscarriage Right. That's a hard one to t- that's a hard one to top. But could you try? I don't know. I wanted her to be some sort of spy or murderer or like there had to be something more than like I stole some jewels and she won't even say why, so we still have to hear about this probably later. Oh, yeah, Julian Fellows, the queen of, you know, stretching something out yeah. over six episodes that really could have been done in five minutes. Or the other thing is that perhaps Baxter is more of a criminal mastermind than we're giving her credit for, and she made this story up. Because when Cora talks to Thomas, all she says is, I know about her criminal record. So, mm. I, don't, I don't even know. Maybe there's going to be a whole other layer. Again, most of the time when we come up with these theories, we're giving Julian Fellows too much credit. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be there's dropped never and any. never spoken of again. <laughs> <laughs> there's never any, like, actual secrets that come out and are shocking. There's always, like, well, if you knew what I was doing, you would agree with me, but I can't tell you what it is. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, just tell us what it is. I thought that I thought that Baxter had some kind of out of wedlock baby or some. I don't know. Did I feel like once we thought she was maybe Daisy's actual mother? I know that sounds really crazy, right? I mean, we've raised a lot of theories in retrospect. What about our theory that Mosley was Daisy's real dad? (laughs) We just want to meet Daisy's parents. Okay, but what if Baxter was in this like weird satanic cult? And then had a baby that she sought with Satan, but it really was Daisy. And then she's reunited when she does has a clear mind. That would be more interesting. So she's just like guarding Daisy to make sure she doesn't like start a devilish cult on the farm? Yeah, with her father, Satan. Yeah. Wait, what if Baxter and Mosley were actually Daisy's parents and nobody knew? Because he looked Latin? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. And even Mosley doesn't remember this happening? <laughs> yeah. Please cut this Okay, out. no, no, no. That makes sense. Mosley not remembering it actually makes sense. No, He's it so doesn't. batty. Mm. He wouldn't remember. <laughs> Come on. I love Mosley. Do, do you know what my most favorited, most retweeted live tweet from the premiere was? What? Oh, Mosley, we heart you so hard. That's it. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> everyone's secret love. Well, he's. I guess so, because because the tweets went crazy. Well, he's they a puppy like, you favorite. pity. You know, he's just a little puppy you pity. I could not believe the reaction to this simple declaration, simple, uh, simple declaration of uh, affection for Mosley, which I have. I, I admit it. I love Mosley. 
There, I've said it. <laughs> well, you know who you don't love? You don't love Ms. Bunting, the school teacher. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> you know, okay, I know you guys don't agree with me, but I cannot stand her. I'm with Lord Grantham on this one. I just can't stand her. I would never invite her back to my dinner party, that's for sure. She's just really rude. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it was definitely. I would call her brash. I would not call her rude. I think she just isn't very good at picking up on social cues. She's around children all day. Come on. <laughs> you've met a, you've met a preschool teacher that wasn't good around adults. Come on. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think she's just. She's a lot like Branson when he first was around there. Uh-huh. And he sat at the dinner table. He was a lot like that. He did not mind social cues. And he just spouted off things. And thank God, because those dinners would be boring without him. Really? You think I'm I'm just judging her more harshly because she's female? No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not okay, saying Okay, that. never mind. I because mean, I don't, I because don't we know were pretty hard on Branson back in the day, too. Like, yeah. saying that he needed to kind of learn how to behave and just... You know, not that there's anything wrong with her opinions, but that just, like, you're not going to get anywhere if you can't be a little more diplomatic about the way you express them. Like, right. Isabel kind of manages, but she has a higher position. But she position. didn't at first. But she didn't at first. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they come into that dinner table, they're very inflexible at first because I think that's probably what the rest of the world is like. She's like, well, of course everybody likes the prime minister. That's how he was elected, you know? I mean, I think that... I think because Isabel Branson, Sarah Bunting, they all were like this when they first came to the dinner table. So I think that we're only seeing this one insular view at the dinner table, but maybe the rest of the world, like that crazy, you know, thing that Sybil and Branson went to where she almost got trampled years ago. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, that maybe that the way she speaks is more comfortable out in the real world and it's shocking inside and, and abrasive. Okay, even when Miss Bunting is saying stuff that I completely and totally agree with, I still wish she would shut the fuck up. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to like her. It's fine. Okay, I won't. I like mouthy broads. I don't I know. I just, I like that we're seeing a little spark of fire in Tom again. I think it would be really interesting because I feel like he's committed himself to being a part of this family. How is it going to look if he also tries to be a socialist? You know, and I not because I want to see a bunch of arguments with Lord Grantham, but like on the our finale podcast last season, one of the things we said we wanted to see was Tom running for office. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh, like maybe that would be something that's becoming more plausible with this current storyline. Mm. That would be cool. I mean, I think that if if this whole thing led to Tom uh, to to Tom doing something like that with his life instead of moping around the back forty, I think that that would be great. Totally. Yeah, but I do think, you know, and when she wanted to go and thank the staff, it was like going too far. You know, it was like, okay, just stop while yeah. you're behind. Like she's doing it like like just to spite everybody. I really believe this. I really believe that she's making a big show of going down to thank the staff because she wants to like rub it in their faces that they don't even know Daisy's name or something, you know? But it did seem like the downstairs staff appreciated it. Did they? They looked really busy. I don't know. I think Daisy appreciated it. I think Mrs. Hughes was kind of like, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Maybe it was more sincere when they were teaching Sybil how to make that cake. Right. Yeah. Well, I think 
I think that they don't actually, most of them don't need any affirmation in their roles. Right. Whereas, like, when a member of the family comes down, they actually care about that person. So it's a different, it's a different level of interaction, even if they don't typically interact, like with Sybil. They were very fond of her and wanted to teach her. They don't know this chick, you know? Rose knows her better than they do. Well, I think you hit something on the head that it's kind of arrogant, Miss Bunting's idea to come down and thank the staff. Like, oh, I need to come down and thank them instead of, like, honoring that they are getting value out of their work that maybe she may not understand. That's what the money's for. You're right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's what those two shillings a month are for. (laughs) And fabric to sew your maid's uniform. And I think it's, it's, is it Anna who says, like, just because she chose a different path doesn't mean that it's better. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's true. Mm Mm-hmm. I did like seeing that Daisy wants to be clever. After watching her crave being pretty like Ivy, it was so nice. I love when she goes, oh, she's just, you're just so clever, you know? And it was like, like you were saying, uh, Brandy, that you love these storylines that are based on um, men falling in with, falling in love with women's intellect. And it was nice to see a woman admire another woman's intellect. And that was, that was really refreshing for me. I think that 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 whole storyline is fantastic. It's probably so far one of my favorites, and I hope it really plays out because the idea of Daisy learning math, you know, and and just really moving along in her journey is is amazing. And and I really feel like she's like secretly the Peggy Olson of Downton Abbey. Yes, like like we're watching the the whole emancipation and flowering of women happening through her in a way that is different with Mary or Edith because they have so much privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Daisy with no real privilege at all, or Peggy Olson coming from deepest, da- darkest Brooklyn secretarial school. Yeah. Something that I tweeted that also kind of resonated with people is like, you know, us as women taking a moment to be thankful that we can even learn math and bitch about it. Is huge. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, yeah. so many centuries of women not being able to learn math because, you know, men knew math and to know math is to run things. And so, yeah, it's great to see Daisy craving that. And, you know, obviously we want her to run that farm. I love that you tweeted mm-hmm. something about her making artisanal jams. I mean, yeah, she, she has to start her artisanal jam and fish pudding business. She would do so good at a farmer's market in Oakland. Just get her here. She would kill it. She would kill it on her bicycle, you know, her little basket with artisanal jams. Just, it's great. Daisy's dollops. Continue. (laughs) Daisy's dollops. No, here's what's going to happen. She's going to end up at the farm, and then every, like, hobo that comes along looking for a slice of pie is going to fall in love with her the way William and Alfred did. (laughs) Or not Mm -hmm. Alfred, the other guy from last season. And... She's going to be absolutely mortified and confused every time for the rest of her life. (laughs) I don't know for the rest of her life. I think she's going to, and I hope it's this season. I hope we see the guy that, I don't know. I know this sounds really lame. Maybe the guy that makes her feel like a woman instead of a girl. I feel like she's just been such a girl for so long. And it's like, she wants to learn math. She's talking about the farm again. Maybe she's like taking control of her life. And hopefully she'll find a guy that, she wants to marry and move to that farm with and start her 
hot artisanal jam business. You know? Because honestly, she's got to be like 30 by now, going by the show's timeline. If she was 18, mm, I don't... if she was 18 in season one, she's 30 now. Wow. Time's I mean, a ticket. That's crazy. I mean... Okay. I'd like to talk about where Rose, how far Rose has fallen. <laughs> I mean, when we left her last season, she was waltzing with the Prince of Wales. Now she's giving out prizes at the schoolhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And last season, she was having a dalliance with the hot black jazz singer. Mm -hmm. Now she's doing fix-ups with Miss Bunting and Tom. Yeah, we need to get back up to London stat. We need a ball or a gala of some kind. We need a boyfriend. I mean, this was... She's cute, flitting around, trying to sort of, like, be just like the dowager, but with the young people. But uh, this is not why we watched the coming out at the end of last season, right? Like, we want more balls. We want romance. Come on, people. Right, we don't want junior league. I mean, she's just totally junior league now. Like, she was at the debutante ball, now she's junior league. She's going to end up like Edith if she's not careful. No, (laughs) Edith needs to get up to London stat. Edith was the saddest going along with them to the schoolhouse. Well, I have to do something. Like, remember those fabulous dresses she wore on those lunch dates? Get everybody up to London. The only one that's doing it well is Mary, because she can go upstairs and take off her hat in peace. (laughs) Wait, isn't Edith supposed to be in charge of the fucking magazine since Michael Gregson never came back? What happened with that? Yeah, I thought he had made her editor or something. He gave her, like, power of attorney. He, like, signed the whole business over to her was... I thought i remembered that happening yes yes that happened she's she's like supposed to be running the joint or at least signing things is she too sad does she not want to leave her child like is she still writing that column these are questions that this season needs to answer i don't think we're gonna get an answer i think we've already slid past it without like we sledded past it well so what are your predictions for the season or hopes we could say hopes hopes and dreams i really hope isabel and lord merton get married and have an adorable wedding <laughs> and a hot night and a hot night oh dicky <laughs> i say oh, no I mean, before this episode, I might have, like, resisted that urge because I was like, no, it's not what Isabel wants. But it's clear that she secretly does, and she's just resisting oh, it. Totally. Like, the way she was talking at that dinner party, being sad about Lady Shackleton stealing her thunder. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to think of giving up your independence. You know, she's been living by herself a long time, and it's like, to think about living in someone else's home, running someone else's home. You know, it's it's a big change, so I could see... Her having some anxiety, even though she likes him and is attracted to him, it's kind of the whole, everything that comes with it that might be overwhelming. Well, and like Mary was saying, even though she was talking about it like pretty much from a sexual point of view, just the idea that if you sort of like somebody, you should totally get married and just live together is bizarre. (laughs) Totally. It is bizarre. Yeah. I, I, I have to imagine Matthew was pretty good in the sack for Mary to, you know... Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure... gonna start making a cunnilingus chart for all the men <laughs> who I think would do it, who don't. Um, Matthew so. was, I'm sure, very enthusiastic. Right. 
Definitely. I think Mosley would probably secretly get a how-to guide and try. I mean, he'd be very <laughs> yep. good. But he would try. He'd put in a good effort. Lord Grantham, I'm thinking only on their anniversary. So this was the episode. This was the time. <laughs> oh, I don't think he no, would no, have no. ever done it even on an anniversary. What, Lord Grantham? No, no come no, on. No, they, he doesn't they even... Famously, yeah, they famously they sleep, sleep in the, in the same, same bed. bed. Yeah. You know what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But he's mm-hmm. gotten lazy in his old age. I, I would say well, a lot more when they were younger. And now he's just like, everything is a is a, uh, a system with him. So this will... You think they're just him. cuddling, <laughs> snuggling, No, spooning? they're at least doing missionary. But I doubt anything else beyond that. So, I mean, you know, she got pregnant in season one. Yeah. No, yeah. they're still they're still doing it for sure. I think they're still doing it. I think they're just doing it boring. Well, perhaps. And Anna and Bates seem to be going at it furiously with no luck. Well, I did notice her hairstyle was a little looser now. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The times they are a changing. Yeah. So I thought I mean, things are changing. Speaking of looser. <laughs> Uh, when Edith had that book with Michael's name in it and she found a photograph of herself, some kind of boudoir shot. You, yeah, do you recall I this? completely missed this. I was I must have been like writing my notes because all I saw was it's, her throw the book in the fire and I was like, God, dramatic. Oh no. She opens the book and there's his name, and then she finds a little photograph and it looks like some kind of boudoir shot of Edith. Oh. Which I would say was the 1924 version of the naked selfie mm-hmm. that he'd been carrying around in his book. Oh. And then she looked at that and then she was overcome by grief. Man. Or mortification, I don't know. And threw the book at the They really place. were going to be so cute. My hope is that he comes back. My hope is He's that still he in comes prison? back. Yeah, I want him to come back this season. I want a happy ending for Edith. Yeah. I do. I also yeah. want a secret lover for Thomas. And I know I'm asking for the moon and the stars here with these two storylines. I, I know. Can we please get Thomas a God, boyfriend? he needs to get I laid completely so bad. It's becoming ridiculous. And there was that comment that he made when Jimmy was like, oh, we got to settle down sometime. And he goes, like, some of us don't have the option. Which was heartbreaking, like very heartbreaking, angering to me because I was like, that's probably the only reference we're going to get all season to his like inner torment and also mystifying because I don't really know why he's being so chummy with Jimmy and talking openly with him. Like that was a pretty blatant comment to make. Jimmy knows he's gay. She, he tried to kiss him and hated it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know what happened between the two of them in the in the interim between seasons, but their interaction, while it was fun, I don't mind the buddy-buddy hijinks. I was confused by it. Or the smutty talk. <laughs> smutty boy talk. Oh, yeah, Carson with their smutty deliberations. That should really be the <laughs> subtitle <laughs> of our podcast, guys. It is. <laughs> Everyone on Twitter was saying that that was going to be their next band's name. I mean, the amount of time we thought about what exact sex positions everyone is doing <laughs> to each other. Yep, that's an apropos name. Okay, two very important observations about Carson. Number one, when he and Mrs. Hughes were in her office together, did you guys feel the crackling sexual tension? <laughs> See, I've been against this from day one. 
Why? This is all you guys. Why? I don't I, I don't see it. I don't see the crackling sexual tension. I think they're just pals. Hmm. I think someone should write some fan fiction and work this all out. I'm sure. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. What the fanfic is going to be is the threesome with Mr. Because <laughs> it's already out there, the romance with them. That's boring. Well, I would almost it. just like Mrs. Patmore and Mrs. Hughes to be, like, partners with each other. Like, oh, partners in crime and in, in mystery yeah. solving. <laughs> and they move. Yeah, I didn't feel the crackling tension. I mean... I'm unlike Brandy. I'm okay with them having a romance. It feels a little cliche, but it's fine. Um, but I didn't feel the crackling no. tension. Okay. It wasn't anything like Mary and Tony in this, in their scene. That was well, well they were talking about fucking each other. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but politely. And thank God he's gotten interesting again because, like, at the end of last season, I was so disappointed with how mopey he'd become. Because it was super sexy, their first couple interactions, when she was first kind of like, oh my god, like, I might feel a twitch in my loins for someone other than Matthew, like, what is this? And so, it was nice to have that feeling back, instead of just, like, their umpteenth conversation of, like, I'm just not ready, well, I'll wait for you, I'm just not ready, (laughs) like... Let's talk about yeah. Sex. Like my boner yeah. dropped yeah. just hearing that. It's so I'm lame. so glad we're not doing that song again. <laughs> no, now it's like let's bone down secretly and then plan a marriage. Sounds great. Um, my other point about Carson is that I think that he and Spratt should have this like butler bitch smackdown. If you are all, if you're going to bust out the gift making machine, can you also make Spratt just like sneering and going by the doctor? Because I need that for every time someone on Twitter is like being obnoxious and I can just be like, I pass you with the tea. Yeah. Yes, we need that. No, I would totally watch that Butler Smackdown. And I think they should do that. You know, all these shows are doing their like internet you know, media to support their show, like, you know, Last Chance Kitchen for Top Chef. It's like, yeah, let's do the Butler Smackdown on the internet. For sure. First of all, they're both such queens. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Well, that's why it's hard to believe the, Mm. it's hard to believe that Carson even likes ladies. Yeah. He would be such a great drag queen. I think he used to be the cheerful Charlies. Right, right, right. <laughs> but like Spratt doesn't even open his mouth when he talks. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. His lips yeah. don't move. It's weird. Spratt's it's weird. the best. Spratt's awesome. When I love Violet Spratt. is telling you not to be a snob, then you know you're really bad. Well, I think Spratt, like Carson, you know, is a bigger conservative and snob than the person he works for. Totally. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to get busy on those gifts. So, I mean, before we wrap up, do we have any other uh, thoughts, predictions? I would just have to say I'm really excited about this season. It's much lighter than last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's really going back to some of the stuff I loved about season one, which is refreshing because last season was tough. It was a bit of a slog. And um, I really enjoyed this premiere more than I thought I would. So I'm excited to be back. Um, I definitely want more sparkly tiaras, as always. 
and um, let's get Edith out of her sorrows. Yeah, I like the idea of the secret coming out at some point because I guess what I what I really want is for something to happen that makes the family see Edith in a different light because like mm-hmm. everything that she's done, like they've never really done that they've never changed their perception of her even when she was going to marry anthony and then she's working at the magazine and she's you know getting involved with michael gregson they've never taken her seriously now she's done this very very serious thing that none of them know about and with the help of the dowager yes, and, and rosamund well, yes and rosamund so i mean that would really change everyone's perspective like i think mary would have to be like almost impressed with Edith for the first time in her entire life that she managed to pull that off. Yeah. Hot damn. I agree. That's a really good point, Brittany. I predict that because it's Edith, nothing will end well. Well, sure. But we're on team Edith. We We are are on team Edith. But we're also on team reality, and that means we'll get one hopeful episode, and then everything will collapse right after that. (laughs) No, but what if... But what if Edith is really the Sally Draper of the show, and in the end, it's really all about her, which is what we predict for Mad Men anyways. Hmm. It's really all about the liberation of her and her growth to become the next prime minister or something awesome. Well, maybe Sibby is the next Sally Draper. We haven't even heard her speak, so it's hard to know. Yeah, we did. She said goodbye, Donk. <laughs> oh, Donk. <laughs> The dog. I forgot about the dog. Those kids, like, like, it's like, uh, wait, we have children? Oh, that's right. That was fun. I mean, the the thing I liked about this premiere is that I felt like, you know, I was trying to sort of take notes while I was watching it, and I felt like there was a lot of really fun details like that mm-hmm. that I didn't even write down. Like, it just felt thoughtful in a way that I don't know the show has felt in a little while. So I also am hopeful for this season. Good point. All right. Good point. Okay, so we've we've been in our season of having time to consume other media, and so for one fabulous thing, uh, I want to recommend the book The Gollum and the Genie by Helene Wecker. It is so good. It's like fantasy, but also historical fiction. It's set in turn-of-the-century New York City, where these two fantastical beings sort of cross paths and kind of go, what? Because neither of them has ever, like interacted in a long time with someone who wasn't human and this i don't know i don't know how to describe how good it is but it's just like if you like historical fiction if you like romance if you like fantasy like it hits all the good buttons and i loved it so people should really read that awesome i am going to do my annual pitch to get everyone who is not yet watching the good wife to do so immediately It is now in season six. It is the best show on network TV. And if it was on cable, people would be completely losing their shit over it. But because it's on CBS, it doesn't get the kind of respect for the incredible quality of the show. On top of everything, they do 23 episodes a season. Not that mealy mouth six, seven, eight episodes. (laughs) And that's the reason I haven't caught up. Because I'm freaking like 120 episodes behind. I know. I have to agree. But I I do respect your love. I'm going to start watching it. I am. Because you're not the only one who's like harassing me about this. Like dudes who I like played Dungeons and Dragons with are like, 
you've got to watch The Good Wife. <laughs> so yeah, now, that's like, totally. I've got to watch it. I mean, I, that's yeah. every demographic has recommended this show. Basically, I tried to convince a friend of mine to watch it. So she finally sat down. I said, just watch the first three episodes of the first season. And if you don't like it, forget it. Don't watch anymore. And she ended up watching um, two full seasons in a weekend. Just say Therese, I will give you this promise. The next <laughs> flu I get, Good Wife is my show. Last time I got really yeah. sick, it was Damages. Okay. 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 And that was a time well spent. And and I will give myself to Good Wife next. I promise. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to recommend a movie just to spice things up. And it's really weird because I'm going to recommend an artsy movie. And I don't tend to like artsy movies. And it's black and white. All the things I hate. <laughs> For a pretty commercial movie kind of girl. Um, and I saw A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And it's an Iranian vampire feminist revenge film, and it's fucking awesome. And um, Sean described it perfectly as Kill Bill meets Napoleon Dynamite. Wrap your mind around it, and that's what it is. It's um, very artsy and cool, and it's also weirdly very funny. And I highly recommend seeing it. And Megan Ellison has just stepped in yeah. to fund her next film. And I'm fucking excited. It's about cannibals. It's going to be weird and cool. And, you know, we went and saw that with some friends. And we had so much to talk about afterwards. It was such an experience. And I totally recommend it. I was so... I haven't seen the movie yet. And I was still so excited to see that announcement from Megan Ellison. Because there's been this corner of movie world really pushing her. You know, she's done mm -hmm. some really cool projects. But pushing her to go for smaller voices, you know, because it's not like Paul Thomas Anderson wouldn't have gotten a movie made right. at some point without her. So, and she said a while ago she was working on it. And uh, and so to see this today and be like, she meant it. She really was working on it. And her voice, <laughs> this director, yeah. her voice is so unique. I mean, you see this film, you can't believe it's all these things. And you can't believe how much you're enjoying it. And there's just nothing out there like it. And to see one of the biggest producers come in and back her next film is just so exciting to me as a filmmaker. And I'm just really excited. And I totally recommend going to see her film because you will enjoy it. You will have a great time and you will be like, I hate this is crazy, but I love it. Okay. I'm going to do that this weekend. Sold. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm really okay. looking forward to the next episode, guys. <laughs> it's after the Golden Globe, so I'm going to warn you, I'm going to be pretty drunk, but... I know. I'm going to be live-tweeting <laughs> everybody the West Coast feed, and I will have had, I mean, probably a full bottle of champagne by that point. Yes. So. Yep. Brandy, <laughs> we will be, be missing fun. you. We'll be drinking Charlemagne's. <laughs> we'll be missing you. Oh. Just, Aww. if people have heard us reference this drink before, I'm just going to give away your secret recipe, Shannon. A Charlemagne is a glass of champagne with a shot of whiskey poured in it and it sounds gross but it's not so and it good. will change your life and it will get you drunk immediately it's the best so. for award shows because you're yeah. drunk immediately and you're like this is so great and then it's, you don't even care when it gets bad miss america pageant great to have <laughs> really comes in handy for most <laughs> kind of award shows yeah all right well okay. it's a full weekend yeah something to look forward to so that's it for this week. You can find us at downtongabby.tumblr.com by searching Down Gabby on Facebook. 
And again, please join us on Twitter at Down Gabby for live tweeting of episode two this Sunday. And thank you very much for listening. <laughs>